we'll get started. Okay, hello everybody. Uh, thanks for logging into this um, this this webinar, which I'm, I'm hosting. It's uh, it just comes around at the time of year where there's a lot of um, discussions around training for Ironman. Um, even though it's six months away, it's it's the certainly the hot topic at the moment is um, preparing yourself for the Ironman race, which is coming up, and and for 70.3, it's it's. Yeah, it seems like a long way away, and it still is. But there's a lot of training that can be done, and and the time is the time is right to start kicking into that into that training. So, um, I know there's a couple of other events which I'm I'm taking part in later on uh, next week as well. So, um, it's always good if you wanted to tune into those to um, just just hear some other other thoughts that we come up with as we go through them. But I'm really uh, really happy to see some good numbers on here. Um, like I said earlier, I just want this to be a discussion where it's not a lecture, it's more of a, of a chat, uh, and and I welcome any questions or any any opinions, share any thoughts, um, any ideas that you've got around um, training for Ironman and, uh, and racing in Ironman. Um, so let's share the screen so we can uh, all have a look at what's going on here. Um, Bring this one up and we'll go to here and we will go to here. All right. It'll come on soon. Here we go. Okay. I have got a picture that's supposed to load up, but it'll come. So, um, yeah, this is a this is a discussion around training for and racing Ironman and seventy point three. Um, I I'm actually I'm actually angling this more around the training because there's plenty of time to talk about the racing um, and a lot of a lot of what we say around the racing for Ironman Day. Uh, I don't want you to hear it now and for it to be sort of be diluted and and forgotten when it matters most. So whilst I will talk a little bit about the race. Um, I want to um, really focus on what it takes to train for an, uh, an event like this. Um, and we'll just jump through, just let a few more people in here as well. There we go. Oh, there's my picture. Perfect. This was, um, I don't know if you guys remember December. 2022, we had an Ironman on that day, which was um, the, the 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 postponed event from March earlier that year, and um, it was uh, it was certainly a day to remember. It was one of the worst weather experiences I've had in a race, and we had every every conceivable weather. We had hot, cold, humid, freezing, hail, thunder. Uh, it was it was just ridiculous wind. It was uh, it was quite a day, and uh, and I was lucky enough to finish with uh, a, a guy I trained for um, for a few years now. He and I finished together, and it was um, certainly one of the best experiences I've had in in my time with as Ironman. Just um, just finishing a race with with someone that I've got to know really well, and uh, it was it was a really rewarding day. So we'll we'll go through this uh, discussion. We'll talk a little bit about myself. So. Um, I'm Rob Dallimore. I'm uh, I'm the coach. Uh, I set up Foot Traffic Coaching um, about 13 years ago um, after sort of being bullied into writing some training plans for some friends of mine. Um, 
I've been I've been racing triathlon for thirty years, um, and over that time, um, covered every distance. And I think my last count was twenty two Ironman events, um, eleven of them in New Zealand, and three of them have been in Kona. Um, Seventy point three events. I, I don't even know how many I've done, but um, I've done a, I've done a lot of them, and I actually really love the seventy point threes. For some reason, I keep doing Ironman. I don't necessarily enjoy it, but I do it because it's one of those things that you just have to do. You just convince yourself to do it, and, and when you do cross the finish line, you realise why. But the the lead up and the process to get there is is quite an experience, and it takes a lot. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Seventy point threes are great. You can you can train um, pretty pretty low volume. Um, you can uh, you can sort of take a shorter shorter sharp build up to it, and then you can do the race and you finish by lunchtime, and uh, it's it's a fantastic event. So I've got equal parts love and and um, and and hate for both both races, but uh, I keep doing them, and uh, I think there's a reason for that. It's just when you see everybody in the, in the race doing the same thing, it's, it's really rewarding. I've coached a lot of athletes for Ironman and 70.3 races. Um, and uh, over that time, uh, I've sort of covered uh, a, a wide range of athletes as well, from first-timers that are just, just reaching the cutoff time to um, professional athletes who are trying to win the race, um, age groupers who are trying to go to world championships, um, people who are trying to hit PBs. And um, it's all... It's all uh, every every one of those people mean as much to me as as uh, as any of them. So um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. So so through this webinar, I want to talk to you a little bit about Ironman New Zealand and seventy point three races themselves. Um, we'll go a little bit over the course. Uh, we'll talk a bit about equipment. Um, I want to discuss the training that's required for these events, and I want to open it up to Q and A. Although if you have any questions you wanted to ask me before that, please just fire away. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to send you away with lots of knowledge uh, and inspiration and motivation to get out there and look forward to the next few months of training that's going to be coming. Um, okay, Ironman New Zealand. It's the oldest Ironman race outside of Hawaii. Um, we're coming up to its 40th year, which will be quite a remarkable achievement, really. It's... Um, a lot of Ironmans come and go, and Ironman New Zealand is just stuck around. Uh, and for those first-timers who who haven't done it before, you'll understand why it's it's been around for so long. And for those people that have done multiple races, you know why it's there. It's it's a very, very special event. And having raced Ironman around the world, it's still the one race that I come back to. And, uh, and, and, I, and I sort of have this deep love and respect for the course, the, the, the town, the, uh, the organisers, um, the volunteers and the other athletes. Um, but, but Ironman started in Auckland uh, in the early 80s, in 1983, and it moved to Taupo in uh, 1999, and it actually went right past my front door, yeah. where, I'm, where I am now. If I look out from my office, I can see the road that Ironman New Zealand cycled and ran along. So um, whilst it's... It's in Taupo. It's deeply rooted in Auckland, and um, and I think that's why I've I've enjoyed the sport so much because uh, every day of the every day I go training, I'm I'm training on the original Ironman course, and I feel quite privileged to be able to do that. Um, Ironman New Zealand has qualifying spots for the World Champs in Kona or Nice, and obviously Nice is the first time it's raced it's been raced outside of Hawaii for the World Championships. Next year will be the women. Uh, this year it was the men. I don't know if you watched the coverage of it, but it looked like an incredible race, and I was incredibly jealous of 
those people that got to race in Nice. Uh, I'm racing Kona next year, but um, I think I've just convinced myself to go another year at Ironman and, and go to Nice the following year because it, it just looked incredible. So the swim at Ironman New Zealand is 3.8 kilometres, as we know. It's freshwater lake swim. It's, I regard it as the best swimming pool in the world. It's just um, it's just something so special about that place. Um, and those people that have swum in there know that the water is um, is is really soothing and it's it's clean and it's uh, it's it's almost drinkable. It actually is drinkable. Um, I don't suggest you go and drink a lot of it, but in a, in the swim, you know, as you do you often get with uh, saltwater triathlons, if you get a mouthful of water, often <coughs> all your breakfast comes out with it. Uh, I mean, New Zealand and the fresh water is just uh, it, it's just such a gentle gentle place to race. Average water temperature is nineteen degrees. Um, in March uh, this year in December, we'll, we'll touch on that shortly. Uh-huh. It wasn't 19 degrees. Um, it was quite a lot colder, but it was still absolutely fine. Um, it's the last of the deep water mass start races, Ironman races in the world. Um, even at, even with Kona, Kona has a wave, deep water wave starts. Um, Ironman New Zealand has one start. Uh, has the professional men and professional women go first. Age groups go in one go, and it's uh, the, the the unique nature of the swim course allows for that. And um, long may it exist, and I don't think we'll ever see Ironman New Zealand go to a rolling start, which is which is fantastic. It's I consider it one of the safest races. Ironman swims. It, the swim runs parallel to the beach. It's uh, for the first part of it. It's very very close to the shore. You can you can choose how far out into the depth you want to go or you can stay right on the shallows and pretty much touch the bottom until you need to go and turn uh, which is about 800 meters down and that uh, at that point you're already into the swim a lot of the nerves have, have gone um and you're, you're sort of heading on your way back and you, you don't really think too much about proximity to the shore but it is a really really safe beach it's easy to navigate it's one lap um and it's just an absolute joy to race in uh, it might be a little bit slower than swimming in salt water, but uh, with a wetsuit on, you don't really notice it. It's just just the nature of the race. Um, one thing in particular is there is a very steep hill running out from the water to T1, and this okay. year was the first time that we, we had the course um, where it is, and it was um, it was quite a steep run, and it was quite a shock to the system. It's 400 metres to T1, but it's, uh, it's quite a steep run out of the water. So if you are doing this race, I suggest you go and... Uh, pre-swim the course just to get the feel for it um the cycle course is 180 kilometers as you know it's a rolling terrain uh people will say it's flat it's certainly not flat it's um it's got some pretty pretty long gradual climbs in it um it's a it's a two-lap course and it goes through a beautiful rural landscape um there's plenty of things to look at cows to moo at um and uh it's <laughs> what was that <laughs> This is Taupo race he's talking about. Yeah, there. yeah, this is a Taupo, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's uh, and there's very few, very little traffic on the road. Um, long rolling hills, uh, no short steep climbs. It's a total elevation of about 900 metres, so it's not a lot, over 180 kilometres. But um, And there's very few technical aspects to it other than just a couple of 90-degree corners and the, and the turnarounds, obviously. So it's a really, really nice, gentle, safe bike course to ride on. Um. And the run is uh, one thing you do find with it though is it can get windy, and that's just the nature of of the of the location. The wind often does pick up, and it might come from all directions throughout the day, and uh, that's just something that we deal with at the time. But train in the wind, 
come race day, the wind doesn't really factor uh, at all. The run course is uh, 21.1 kilometres, obviously. Uh, oh, sorry. I am. This has um, jumped forward. I'm just jumping this back to. There we go. I don't know how that happened. Um, 42.2 kilometres run course. As you know, it's a marathon. It's four laps. Um, it's, a, it's a nice mix of path and road. Um, it's all sealed. It's a really, really fast course to run on, but it's good because it's not dead flat. There's 240 metres of elevation, a um, couple of short, sharp climbs, but it's it's actually the perfect course. If it was dead flat, it's really hard on the on the, on the body because there's very little um, movement outside of just your normal run stride. And if it was too hilly, obviously that takes a lot out of the body as well. So I find it to be um, one of the run of the nicer run courses. The views are incredible and the crowds are amazing. Um, Jumping through to 70.3. So this is fast becoming one of the most popular 70.3 races in Oceania. And when you do race it, you sort of understand why. Um, it's it's actually one of the first races that you can do to qualify for the World Championships in the World Championship cycle. Um, there, there are a couple prior to that in, in Australia, but um, for the New Zealanders, this is a good one to to do if you want to qualify for the World Championships in, uh, in Taupo in 2024. Um, 1.9 kilometres, very similar course to the Ironman. Um, water temperature being December, it's a little bit colder, 16 to 18 degrees. And um, I think based on how it was this year, in, uh, this last year in December, it was probably about that, but it did feel a little bit cooler than that. It was a bit of, bit of a, a, a damp feel to the air that day. Um, this is a rolling start, so it's a little bit different to the Ironman race. Um, so you you seated rolling starts, but rolling starts are really nice because they're they're gentle. Um, you can just settle into your rhythm, uh, just take your time getting into your pace, and uh, you know you can self seed yourself. Um, it's one lap, and as as with the Ironman, there's a very steep hill running from water to T1. Um, the bike course is a little bit different, so. For those of you that have raced this course before, you'll you'll be familiar with it, but um, it's actually now a two-lap course. So it turns around um, pretty much as soon as you descend out of um, out of town. There you go. Um, good. Thank it, you. Oh, I might just mute. I might just mute you there. Hang on. There we go. I'm just muted. Oh, mate. Um, yeah, as soon as you roll out of town um, – past the race course and you descend down onto the onto the, the flats you um, actually hit the turnaround and you turn around and come back up again um, that makes it a uh, <laughs> quite a hilly course so there's there's actually even though there's no technical descents um, it's either up or down and there's a very small flat section at the end of each lap so that actually makes it quite a different race to what it had been in the previous years um, and that's something that needs to be regarded in your training um, a little bit more work on the hills um, a little bit more sweet spot work around that intensity and um, you know just getting used to riding hills in your aero bars and just being comfortable just, just grinding out of gear I think it'll still be a fast race because the downhills are still very very fast and the uphills aren't steep enough to, to really slow people down but it's, um, it's just going to mean it's, it's going to feel different to everybody 21k run course, 3 laps um, as similar to the Ironman race, but it turns around at a different point and it actually runs the opposite direction to the Ironman course. So you'll, you'll head out on the road on Lake Terrace and you'll come back along the lake path. Um, it's a mixture of path and road. It's all sealed. 
and there's a new finish line um, location at Kaimanawa Reserve, and that's actually uh, be the first time they've finished there. And um, as you will know, if you're familiar with the course, it's going to be a climb to the finish. So I think the finish, the last kilometre of that race is going to be quite, it's going to be quite tough. So prepare yourself for that. But we're all tough athletes, so it's it's not that bad. Um, so just jump forward. Next slide. So triathlon, Ironman, Ironman 7.3 is, is an event that you need to prepare for, you need to be dedicated to. It's not like a single discipline event. It's not like training for a marathon where you just have to go out and run and you just have to, you just have to get that right. It's not like an open water swim where you just need to swim or a cycle race. You need to balance the three sports. And that's, and that's actually a really, really challenging thing. And, and even in 30 years of racing, I'm still, I'm still learning. I still learn a lot. Every race I do, every race I prepare for, I, I find I do slightly differently and I, and I learn from it. And, um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's why I come back to the sport, I think, because it's one of those things that it's always challenging. It's always pushing you. It's always asking questions of, 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 of yourself. Um, there's a lot, there's a great deal of physical preparation required and you need to build a good deal of um, aerobic fitness and that needs to be built up carefully over time and, and, and aim to hit it in time for race day. And that, um, that aerobic fitness can't be, can't be hurried. It's just something that takes time. And that's why we come at it from six months or three months out. It's, um, there's a great mix of endurance, strength and stamina across the three events. Um, I find that uh, each person has a, um, each person has a, a certain amount that they're, well, it's a, an event that they feel most comfortable with and very, very strong with. Um, but it's important not to rely on just that event as being your favourite and just defaulting to that. You, you kind of need to train the sports that you don't enjoy quite as much, um, which which does make it quite challenging. Um, okay, there's a question that's come through. I want to get to that shortly, so we'll just we'll just press on with this for a minute. Um, thanks, Andy. Um, there's a great deal of mental preparation as well. I I find that um, it, it's a lot of the challenge. It's you know having to get up on a cold morning, um, having to um, you know uh, put put some things aside that you would rather do. You know maybe going away on a holiday at certain times of the year might not be the right move given the proximity to the race or just just some things like that really are a challenge and. With this, for some, for a lot of people, this is a one and done, and you want to get this done right. So, so just just dedicate that time to um, to just saying, right, this is I'm going to do this properly. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to be proud of it, and I don't need to do it again. Um, and a lot of that can actually be quite scary because you, you put a lot on the line to say, I just want to do this race and I just want to do it well. So. It's important to overcome those doubts and fears, uh, and to just put that aside and just and just say to yourself, "I'm fit, I'm ca I'm capable, um, I'm able to do the sport. Uh, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to do it. I'm going to enjoy it." One thing I find is is really challenging, and particularly through the depths and the and the and the harder, um, bigger weeks that we have through the training, is that mental fatigue and just saying, you know. It's nice and warm on bed. Do I really need to get up and go for that run? But just know that 
if you put it off to later in the day, it's just not something that gets done. It's it, that mental fatigue is real, but it's actually not so much a physical fatigue because as soon as you put your shoes on, step out the door, start your run, um, everything's lifted and you just you just settle into your rhythm and you think, well, what was all the fuss about? So just find ways that you can deal with <clears throat> with that mental uh, fatigue. And for some people, it might actually be cutting down on some of our favourite things, you know, coffee. Uh, the occasional beer or wine or um or sweet food or that sort of thing it's just something that um that that you can take away and you can make up for with um adding this this training to it um i use a lot of visualization um when i am going through that tougher tougher phase um i always think about what the course is what the race will be like who the people are around me how I'm going to deal with certain aspects of it. Um, and I always look at the end goal and think, well, that's what I need to get to. But keep the eye on the prize, but don't focus too much on it. Look at look at the steps to get there. And with all that comes time management. Um, it's that There is a time commitment to this, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, And it's significant, and it is something that you need to balance work, family, and training. And... and I always th- I always tell my athletes that it's important that you talk to your family and be open up front with them about the training that's required. And there there will be there will be some days where you may not be uh, particularly um, uh, I won't say grumpy uh, where you might be grumpy I won't say grumpy or or moody but there might be some days where you're just struggling a little bit and um, and that's all part of it. Um, but it's, that's what it's like with a lot of things in our life anyway. So it's just something that you just need to add that concept of time management to it. You've, you've got a one hour run, you've got a one hour swim, where you're going to get it done in your day. So it's going to have the least um, impedance on the rest of the day. And um, and plan in advance, at least with the training plans that that we set out, there's, um, there's four weeks set up in advance. So you can actually look at your calendar and you can dedicate this, the time that you need to, to get across to that. Um, and so that's a really helpful thing. Um, I'm just going to jump into these questions that we've got here. So the first one um, is a question about the uh, looking at Ironman 2025, 2024 being 7.3, um, being the world champs, Rotorua, uh, half 24, be suitable stepping stones, or should you aim to get 70.3 and earlier? No. Um, so if you're not going to be doing the world championships, then um, Rotorua and, and or Tauranga half work absolutely perfectly. They're, they're great races. Um and uh, yeah, it's really important to get that time um, doing an event that's close to the distance that you'll be doing for the Ironman. So I would recommend doing that. Um, you do not necessarily need to get in earlier because that's that's over a year out from the goal Ironman race, um, which is quite a long time. So um, you can uh, you can just just slot that in as you feel comfortable. And there are also some races over in Australia which are really accessible, easy to get to through the New Zealand winter. So that's might be something you consider as well. Um, Another question. Um, <laughs> that's a good one. I had a sobering thought at three thirty today at work, and it was a, it was if I was racing, I'd just be starting the marathon. Yes, that that is something I'm constantly aware of. Of crikey, I'm I'm actually still going to be racing the marathon, and I'm on my way home from work. It, it is it is, and that's one of the one of the, the daunting sides of it. But that's part of the mental preparation. I'm just putting that aside and just going. This is just what it is. I'm, I can't do anything about it. Um, I'm going to enjoy it. So, yeah, it's a great question. And that's actually a lot to consider around the nutrition side of it because, actually, it's a full day of work plus some more. And 
you're you're working at a higher intensity than you would spend in your normal day, and um, you, you you need to understand how important it is to get the fuel in so you can actually get through that day safely. So, yeah, that's a that's a really really good observation. So let's jump forward to this next one we've got. Um, the nutrition recovery, I just touched on that. Um, balanced diet is uh, is essential, enhances your performance and reduces the risk of injury and illness. Um, can't emphasize enough how important diet uh, can be. And also, well, I've put adequate rest and recovery uh, vital for your body to adapt and grow stronger. But actually, the other thing we need to add to that is sleep hours. Um, there's no compromise for there's no substitute for sleep you, you sleep is the time your body recovers and sleep at, sleep earlier in the evening is better than um than sleeping in through the morning uh, particularly if you've got training at 5 30 6 a.m you need to get up in time for that so you need to work back from that and think what time do i need to get to bed sleep's such an important thing and you actually find that you go to bed quite tired wake up in the morning body feels great and uh, that's that's just the incredible way our body deals with this sort of stress. Setting goals is really important. Um, clear and realistic goals. Um, don't don't set goals based on what your friends, your training partners are doing. Set the goals based on what you can do, or consultation with uh, with a coach or someone else who's who's been around the sport for long enough to know what what is uh, what is suitable. Um, and that's what that's where your motivation comes from. And it's okay to set goals that are easy to achieve. Because then you just set another one when you when you knock it off. But it's also okay to set goals that are stretch goals and and far out in advance because those are the ones that we need to keep striving for. And it's also a way that you can measure your progress um, and adjust as you go. Some people respond really really well to training, and um, and they find that the goals need to be recon, re, re, reconfigured because they all of a sudden sort of stepped up a level in their ability. So um, so make sure those goals are measurable as well. Persevere through the setbacks, tough training days, weather days. Um, there's plenty of ways that we can get around these sorts of setbacks. Injuries suck, but injuries aren't the end of the world. You can still do other stuff to, to get yourself around it. And because the triathlon is the sum of its parts um, and an and aerobic base is the most important thing, if you can't run, you can still swim. And the swimming is, the, is another thing that continues to build your aerobic fitness. So... So as uh, unlike with single discipline sports, where if you get an injury and you're training for a marathon, there's not much you can do about it. It's um, it's just one of those things you've got to wait with a triathlon. You can at least you can um, pick something else up and uh, and come back to that other sport when you um, recover from the injury. Um, let's jump through training partners. This is a this is a great one. Yes, it's an individual sport, but. When you and you saw that picture of me at the at the start, um, you know, it's your training partners and your mates are what's going to get you through the finish line. Um, there's motivation and accountability with that. Um, you know, if you arrange to meet someone on the street corner at six a.m. and you're there but they're not, then you have every right to uh, to get stuck into them and they owe you a coffee or whatever. Uh, likewise, if if they're waiting for you and you're not there, then um, then you need to pay up. And so having that accountability is great. It's so important, especially on those days which you're dreading and you're not looking forward to. I find that if I've got a long bike ride and it's just one of those long, dreary days, I'm just not looking forward to it. I just find some mates to go training with and the time, not the time off so much quicker. And it's, it's just fantastic. Um, keep, keep things um, varied and fun. So training with other people and, and new people just makes it a little bit different. It knocks you out of that that pattern of the same thing day in, day out. 
Um, even if it's training with someone who's a little bit slower than you, there's absolutely no problem with that. Um, someone who's faster than you, within reason, that's that works well as well. But group rides, runs and swims um, are, are much more enjoyable than just training on your own. There are a, a lot of online communities um, and at Foot Traffic we've got a really great inclusive community where people can um, share ideas and, and link up online or in person and uh, we have access to a lot of training apps to make this much easier. Um, training partners are also a place that you can share knowledge. You can learn from others and you can share your own ideas to them as well. Um, and, you know, it's there's nothing wrong with saying to a mate of yours when you're riding on the road, just check my arrow position, you know, what's my run form like or how do I look when I'm swimming and just pick up those little things that um, that a training partner can, can give you. Um, and uh, it's also safer, obviously. Uh, I've been in a few bike rides where there's been a crash and, you know, just having another person there to um, manage the situation is so much safer than it was if, it, if you're on your own. Um, and likewise, if there's a medical emergency, having someone else there to, to deal with the situation that appears. Um, <laughs> saw Cameron Brown in the pool on Monday. I don't think his form is general as yet. Yeah, Cam, Cam is a special athlete. He can certainly uh, swim, bike and run. Um with some incredible form, uh, but he's he's taken he's worked on that as well. He it hasn't come naturally to him. He's he spends a lot of time developing his own technique. Uh, so we're jumping through to uh, the next section, which is family support. This is a really important one. Um, a lot of you people have um, have family spouses and children, um, pets, um, and it's really important. Those are the people that are going to help get you through those tough days. Um, it's, you know, they're your biggest fans. Um, don't don't come home from a bike ride and chuck your helmet on the ground and get in a hump and flop on the couch and ask them to go and make you make make you a, a, a sandwich. It's it's, you know, those are the people that are going to be there at the finish line. They're they're as they're as invested into this as you are. So look after your family, um, and they'll look after you. Um, and you know they think they think you're the absolute world champion. They think you're Cameron Brown or uh, or Rebecca Clark or, or one of our great champion athletes. So um, that's that's fantastic for your own confidence. Um, just just make sure your family are flexible with the training as well. Sometimes, as we know, the weather can can put play havoc on things. And a long ride on a Saturday might end up being a long ride on a Sunday. Um, just discuss that with them and just see if it's an option to accommodate. Um, and and even get your family involved in, in some of the training as well. Some of those long runs, it's great to have someone riding along beside you on a bike, carrying your drink bottles and your gels. Um, that might be something that um, one of your kids can do or, or your spouse. And um, it's a lot of fun, good way to spend some time with them. And likewise on the bike, um, if you're going to run on a holiday, um, say to them, I'm going to ride to, to where we're going. And they might meet you halfway, refill you with nutrition and give you a bit of a hurry up, give you a pat on the back tell you you're looking good and it's that sort of stuff that that really uh gets gets people to the finish line and then on race day obviously you can't you can't um underestimate how important family support is on the race day um whilst everybody will be cheering for everyone it's those special voices that you hear in the background as you're as you're running down the finish straight and you recognize the cheers of someone of one of your loved ones and Knowing that they're there is, is drowns everybody else's cheers out because um, you know they've joined you on that journey as well. I hate the word journey. Sorry, I was planning not to use it. Anyway, 
Um, yeah, it's that's a good question. How do you get your head around no family and friends as they're not really into it? Um, yeah, and you get that from Trimax. That's that's your, your answer to the young question. It's it's finding those people around you that that are able to give you that friendship and support. And for some people, it's just it just doesn't work for them. It's just not it just doesn't drive them. But your your triathlon mates and your training partners are always going to be there for you. Um, and uh, and it just might be something that you say to the family, hey, look, I'm going to be spending um, a little bit more time with with my mate just because um, you know this is just the way the training works well for 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 me. Um, and that's absolutely fine. Um, I have a lot of athletes who who don't really have interaction with their family through the training phase, and that's absolutely fine. It works really well for them. It works well for the family. But I always make sure that at the end of it, um, the priority goes back to the family, and and you take the stress away from the from the race. You forget about it for a month, six weeks, whatever, and you um and you and you focus on the family again. So yeah, with an online community, um, you've got mates all over the world. Um, you've got friends down the road um, and it's just things like Strava or um, Full Gas and, and uh, other online communities make it really easy to find people to train with. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what I recommend there. Um, okay, so let's talk about the gear. So I'm, I'm a bit of a uh, – I'm, I'm sort of the, the kind of athlete that looks at something and thinks it costs a heck of a lot of money. Is it really that important? And the bang for the buck – discussion comes up a lot and really there are things you can spend a lot of money on that give you very very small advantages um and if you've got that income is disposable and it's spare then by all means get it but there are some basic stuff that you need to get and there are some things that you just don't need to get anything else and and for the swim um i always look at the important thing is the wetsuit that suits your swimming style there are a lot of different wetsuits out there take the time to find one that's correctly fitting you and it suits your swim style Goggles are very, very important. They've got to be comfortable. Um, they've got to work for you. Um, and it does take a little bit of finding the right one. Swim gear, it's really important to have pool boy paddles, fins, snorkel, that sort of stuff. But all the electronic gadgets and things that you can add on, it, it doesn't make a huge difference. And it's not going to be, be, the, be, be the big difference between you getting, the fin, getting to the finish line in a, in a certain time. You know, Having the basics is what's going to get you there. The bike doesn't have to be an expensive triathlon bike. You can get away with a road bike. I've done plenty of Ironman races on a modified road bike. Um, when I did get a triathlon bike, I went a lot faster, and that was great. I loved it. But it still hurt the same. Um, I still I still had to push the same amount of power. Uh, well, hopefully I was more power later on. But the, the, the relative intensity was still the same. Um, I think a, a very, very comfortable, safe helmet is paramount. Cycle shoes and pedals are very, very important. I didn't put saddle down there, but the saddle is oh, so important. You've got really got to look after your after your backside. So finding the right saddle, taking the time to find what works best for you. Um, aero bars will make a huge difference. If you've got a road bike and you haven't got aero bars on it, put aero bars on because that will take a chunk of time off your off your bike ride, and it will actually allow you to be set up better for the point that you hit the run. And a bike fit is so important as well. And then on the run, basically. Correctly fitting running shoes, comfortable running clothing. It, uh, there are a few other things you can get, um, fuel belts and etc. Um, but uh, but that's the basic running hat, run comfortable running clothing, decent running shoes, good socks. Um, there are a few extra bits as I said. Uh, Aero tri suits are great. They do make a big difference if you're trying to find those little bits, extra gains. GPS watch, bike computer, heart rate monitor. Those are all very very useful things to have. Um, nutrition products. 
taking your time to find what, what works for you. And then we start getting into things like race wheels and race tires. They do make a big difference, um, but it is a big cost. And the aero helmet, um, that actually makes a big difference as well. But quite often for a lot of people at, at given speeds, the standard aero road helmet might just do perfect, perfect job. In fact, some aero helmets are quite heavy and riding on them, riding with one for 180 kilometers is really, really uncomfortable and it can get really, really hot. So that may not always be the smartest decision. Um, thoughts on Zwift, any good groups to join? Yes, 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 yes. I don't know how I trained for all these Ironmans before Zwift, full gas, trainer road, all those applications came around. I was talking to a mate of mine who we've, we've raced Ironmans together from, from the very beginning when we started in the early 2000s and we've raced Kona together quite a few times. And I said to him the other day when we were training, I said, how, how did we even get by? We would, we would ride outside on all weather, all conditions, and we would just beat ourselves to bits in this terrible, terrible stuff. And we weren't training well. We weren't training smart. As soon as indoor training apps came around, everything got so much better. Performances got higher. Um, and I, th- I really think that's why we're seeing first-time athletes coming to the triathlon now doing really, really well on the bike because um, training is so much more structured and so much more specific to them. So I'm going to touch on that a little bit more in a minute. But, um, but yeah, I'm a big fan of those, of those applications. Um, so in terms of the training plan, um, you, can't, you can't do an Ironman on guesswork. Um, I think this year in December, I basically did the least amount of training that I could off to get through the race and it felt like it by the finish line. I was absolutely wrecked. And, and I said to myself, I'm actually going to, next time I do it, I mean, I'm going to do it properly. And, and I sort of wanted to get through and see what, what you can do in the least amount. And I got a pretty good idea that I hadn't done enough. I hadn't started training early enough and hadn't, hadn't structured it enough. And uh, that was just, I, I made mistakes and you guys benefit from it. So um, a well-structured training plan written by a coach um, or having a coach write the training plan for you um is is really really important really really useful and depending on what your budget is it actually can be um, a reasonably um cost effective way to do it as well and I, I would not not wanting to sound like a sales pitch but i would rather have a training plan than um an aero helmet you know those sorts of things i'd rather have a training plan than um the latest um drink bottle system on my bike or the latest aero bars or something like that because Really, it's, it's the training plan that's going to get you to the finish line. Get to the start line first and then get you to the finish line later. Um, and there's some great um, – oh, this is a spelling mistake. Ooh, that's not good. <laughs> Make the most of in-person online communities. Um, yeah, and that's that's sort of where foot traffic comes in. We've got an online community. We've got ways to make training interactive and fun. Um, and there's lots of lots and lots of training groups out there, a lot based overseas, and I know a lot of athletes that – belong to groups that um, are based in Australia or the USA and um, you know it's again it's something that we never had years and years ago and um, I think it's just made a big difference because the performances we see from those people that are involved in those communities is just it's just lifted as well so get in, get into a community like that um, so the periodization of the training plan is so important you can't just train linear if you train linear you're going to fall well short of the goal uh, and so um, a structured plan will be broken up into phases and that's what we do with, with our uh, Ironman training plans as, as you can see from that diagram it's, it steps up and then there's a recovery steps up and recovery and that's broken up basically into sections there's, there's, a, there's a, 
about eight weeks of base phase. There's about eight weeks of build phase. There's, a, there's four weeks of the specialty phase, which is the Ironman specific intensities. And then there's a taper, which brings you down to race day. And, and we've, I've had that sort of same focus for the training plan for probably five or six years now. And it's always worked really well. So um, that, that sort of periodization is, is important. It's easy to do. And if you're following a, uh, a, an online training plan, it's, it's a really, really safe way to do it. Um, the 70.3 periodization is a little bit different because obviously it's a, it's a, it's, it's a shorter focus. So we just go build specialty and taper because we assume that you already come into it with a pretty good level of fitness anyway. And if you don't, then um, you can follow a, a lower level plan, which just carefully brings you up to a, up to a level of fitness you need to be. Um, so other commitments around travel, etc. Yes, it's, it's really important to do um, when, when you've got the week coming up and you know that you've got some commitments, I did find those key sessions and it's quite easy to see which are the important sessions of the week. And you can just move them around to the days that you're able to do and you just take out the filler sessions and it's um it's it's a really easy way to do it and i i, I very rarely tell people to try and squeeze try and squeeze training in um into a week if, if they need to take a couple of days off I, I usually just say just those days are gone you're not going to get them back it's not going to be the end of the world what could be the problem is if you try and squeeze it all in and um and then you just back yourself up with um too much stress and strain um and yeah, shifting them around to a different order. There is, a, I do actually have some articles on the foot traffic site about how to um, shift training sessions around and how to do it in, in a safe and logical manner. So um, yeah, there's there's some some stuff in the um, in the articles resources about about that. So it's worth having a look into that. Um, so the base ability when starting an Ironman training plan, if if you're coming into it with the beginner plan, which is the lower volume one. Um, you basically need to be able to swim for 30 minutes, um, a 30 minute session. Um, 45 minutes would be would be great if you've got a 45 minute uh, ability to, to do a 45 minute swim session. Um, cycling should be um, about about two hours, 90 minutes to two hours would be really important. And running is probably about an hour to an hour and a quarter. But the running could be a run walk. It's just got to be moving for that duration. And you, you soon find that through the first base phase that you actually increase pretty carefully, pretty steadily, but it, it, it makes a big difference as you um, build up on a sort of a, a more controlled manner. Sorry, just having a drink. And then um, the high volume training plans um, that'll be suited to more to people who have had a bit of experience with triathlon or having done Ironman before and are quite comfortable sitting on the bike for four hours or running for two hours or swimming for an hour. Um, but there's some with the foot traffic training plans. There's some instructions around around that how to how to choose which plan will work best for you. Um, so this is a shameless plug. Uh, I need to uh, I need to pay the bills. So um, <laughs> what one thing that I I have this has probably been going for about the last five or five or six years now, where I've created a structured training plan which is dedicated specifically for certain races. And so I do this for Ironman New Zealand, 70.3 Taupo. I do it for some of the Australasia or the Oceania Ironman and 70.3 races. Um, and it's just a, it's just a way that um, you can receive a training plan that's written by myself. And um, it's for a fraction of the cost of what a normal coach would, would, um, would charge. Um, and it's structured specifically for the, 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 the race itself. And so, 
with the 70.3 being a different bike course this time, I'm actually going to be writing that plan slightly differently to what we had previously because there's going to be a little bit more climbing in it. So people um, will, will find that the, the training plan is suited specifically to them. So the Ironman uh, New Zealand plan is 399. That's 24 weeks. It's a one-off payment. The 70.3 Taupo plan is 198. It's a single payment. Um, we'll also have that same plan available for the March 70.3 race as well. Um, the course for that, I think, will be the original 70.3 course. I have to wait to see what the, the specifics will be for that because that's raced on the same day as Ironman. So obviously that will get too confusing if they try and um, vary the courses too much. Um, or if you just want to pay monthly payments, it's $59 a month and that's just a monthly subscription. Comes out comes out on the day you signed up. Training starts for these training plans, the Ironman New Zealand and the 70.3 Taupo December plan starts on 18th of September. So it's Monday. Um, for those of you who have already signed up, you'll see the training plan should be in your calendar. If it's not, please let me know and we'll make sure that is lined up for you, ready to go. Um, and um, yeah, that, that's, that will be ready to roll. And as I said, the training plans are catered for athletes racing either of the events, um, different levels, beginner, intermediate, advanced. And I actually think I should have changed the wording for the for the levels. I should have called it low volume, moderate, uh, intermediate volume and high volume because um, we get a lot of experienced athletes that are just following our low volume plans because time allows just for that. Um, so, yeah, that might be something I'll, I'll think about changing in the future. But uh, that gives you a fairly good idea of, of where the levels come in at. Um, every month we I send out the next four weeks or every four weeks I send out the next block of training and um, you'll get that delivered straight to the training plan and then we'll have um, some notes around that training session or the, the training sessions and the training plan for that and then um, we'll have a Zoom meeting where I'll talk you through the training, ask me some questions, all sorts of stuff. We'll have a bit of a chat, see how everyone's feeling um, and there's also a chance for communicating with other athletes who are following the same training plan, um, sharing ideas, and joining up together, et cetera. Now, first, this year will be the first year that we've actually got a, uh, a really exciting relationship with Full Gas, which is um, it's an indoor uh, indoor training app, a little bit like Zwift, a little bit like Trainer Road, but um, it uses real-world courses. And um, we're one of the first tri Ironman tri-clubs in Australasia to have a, uh, a club room on the full gas um, application. So when you join up to the training plan, you'll get um, a code that will allow you to access um, the full gas club room for the duration of the training plan. And the cool thing about this now is all the sessions, all the interval sessions, all the structured workouts that I've, that I've got in the training plan will be sitting on full gas and um, they'll be there for the month. And so when you know that there's an interval session on a Tuesday, you turn on full gas, you go to the corresponding workout, click on it, and there it is on your screen, set to your FTP. Um, so it's, it's structured for you. And there's actually some instructions on how to set your FTP for those of you that are using full gas. So really excited to see how it works. As I said, this is the first time we've done it, so it, it may need some ironing out, but... Uh, uh, I've, I've tested it myself a fair bit and it seems to work really, really well. So I'm hoping that everybody will just jump on and it'll be seamless. But obviously, if there's any issues, please just let me know and we'll just we'll just crack into it. But that's a really exciting, exciting thing. And the other thing that's changed from those people that have raced, that have used the pre plans in the previous years is the way that the training plan is 
added to your calendar is now different. In the past, I used to have to get you to manually enter the the training plan onto your calendar. Now I do it all at the back end, so it'll just turn up on the on the right day for you. So there's much less stress around that, which is cool. And that is basically where we're at. So I would like to sort of take some questions from the floor if there's anybody else who's got anything. Um, we've had some really good questions already, so maybe we've we've caught everything out. Um, but um, if you do have any questions, please um, feel free. If you don't want to ask them now, but you think of something later on, then feel free to email me. I will um, I will be able to get back to you as soon as we can. And uh, I'll just stop, stop the screen. There we go. I'll be able to get back to you as soon as we can. And I will um, also send out a recording of this um, and also do it as a podcast recording as well. So you can watch it again or you can share it to your friends or, um, yeah, just, just uh, keep it there in the background, just something to refer back to. But um, I'm hoping I haven't. I haven't scared anybody too much. Um, it's a it's it's a really really fun sport. It's a great challenge. It's something that not everybody can do. So anybody who can do it, it's a real privilege, and it's something you can be truly proud of. And um, I think you just um, you just go forward and and just when you cross that finish line, you'll be an Ironman athlete. They'll never be taken away from you. And having crossed twenty two of those finish lines, I still feel as significant with the last one that I crossed as it was the first one so um, you won't find that um, it's something that you tire of and you might say that you're only going to do one now but I guarantee that you're going to be looking at doing another one again down the track so it's just one of those things we come back and do <laughs> um, focus on one session at a time that's that's great great advice that's and that's exactly why you have a training plan because you don't have to worry about what's coming up you just turn on the calendar and go, all right, that's the next thing I need to do today. Um, so there's a good question about people that are a little bit slower and using time as a guide as opposed to distance. Um, I, it's, it's a really, really hard thing to do because if we go by distance, you're going to be out there and training for a long time, and it's actually the stress of the training accumulating, which is the important thing. It's not so much completing the distance in training. Um, so I, I, it's it's a really hard thing to get your head around. But once you're into the training for a few weeks, um, you sort of understand why I don't I don't push people to do the distance. There will be some workouts where you will do closer distance, but um, you know if you've got a one hour run, you've got a one hour run. And if you cover twelve kilometers or if you cover six kilometers, it, it, it doesn't matter. It's the fact that you're moving for an hour, which is a really important thing. So just just have faith that um, on race day. Just because you haven't completed the distance, your body's not going to stop at, at the time that you've that you've maxed out at in training. Um, because there's a dirty great finish line and people cheering you on, and you've got this huge amount of aerobic fitness that's going to get you there. So just just trust the trust the process. And um, even 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 the elite athletes that I coach, the professional athletes, they they don't they don't train full distance. I, I get them to maybe do some rides up to full distance or just over, but they do very little running at full distance. They might, they might go um, two and a quarter hours, which is probably 27, maybe 30 K, but I will never get them running 42 K just because the stress on the body is just too much. Um, okay. And yeah, so mostly for the run. Yeah. <clears throat> like I said, I mean, actually a really good thing to do is, is hiking. I, I find that, putting a back on your back 
going for a hike in the mountains for five or six hours um, works really, really well. If you've got a two-hour run on and you can't really bring yourself to go and do a two-hour run, go out, go out for a hike, you know, put a bag on your back, get out the mountains, climb some hills, um, and you might take four hours, you might take five hours. It's just that's actually a really good way to just get the time of exercising, moving, and also practicing fueling for those longer distances as well, the longer durations. Um, shout out, finding full gas drops out after 20 minutes or so. It could be Wi-Fi. Um, one thing I found with full gas is it's, it's and they've admitted, admitted that it's not 100% perfect right now. It's getting better. And I think that the Wi-Fi connection for some people has been a problem. So I have a cable that goes directly into my computer and it, it gives me a pretty good um, internet connection. If I was on Wi-Fi wireless, um, I found it was often a little bit iffy like that. So it might be worth just sending them a, a message to the help desk. They're, they've got a really, really good help team um, and they're based in Australia. So they'll probably be able to get, get back to you and um, and you should be able to work closely with them for that one. Um, Will the plan tweak as it progresses over 24 weeks? Uh, yes, it, it increases um, it increases strain, but it doesn't necessarily increase volume because as we get through to the specialty phase, you might actually find you're doing less training hours, but more training stress um, because we need to find a time where you have to start winding down to the race, but building in that specific fitness. The other question that um, you should uh, the other thing I should mention is if you are following an intermediate or a beginner plan and you wanted to change to a different one or an advanced plan, you want to change to another one, that's easy to do. You just message me. You just say, hey, I want to follow the, the other level and I can just do it for you in the back end. Piece of cake. Um, yeah. Um, just another question about specific distances rather than time. Again, it might be something that more experienced athletes know what works for them. Um, first time is I'll, I'll sort of stress to keep to the time um, aspect, but people that have done a few of them will, will know what, what it takes and how their body operates. So, yeah, that might be something that um, there's a little bit of um, individualization in that. But the important thing is just keeping an eye on your training stress, your training load, and just not pushing yourself beyond um, what is safe and reasonable for your bodies. Um, yeah, so a good question, actually. So we've got a question here regarding using one of the full training plans from next week. Does it accommodate other half Ironmans throughout the year? Um, <clears throat> yeah, it does in a way. I've, I've got additional training, um, mini training plans within the account where you can select a taper and a recovery week. So you can have a taper week into a race and a recovery week out of a race. And regardless of what event that is, you can select which week to put it on. And it assumes that you've got the race on that weekend tapers you down to it, recovers you out of it. So, yeah, for those of you that are doing towering or suffer, um, that works perfectly. Uh, if you search through your My Plan section, it's uh, if you just put taper or recovery, you'll, you'll find the plan that um, that will correspond to that. Again, if you've got any questions, just hit me, hit me in a question. Um, good question. If you have disciplines on one day for training, how much time would you suggest split between the two? I... I'm a real fan of recovering properly before doing my next workout, uh, unless it's a specified brick session. So I like to, to split my sessions. I like to swim 
swim in the morning, cycle later in the day, or vice versa. I like to, I always try to run fresh. I don't really like running on tired legs, and I, and I think that's probably a thing that people should try and follow that guideline as well. Um, so maybe make the run the first part of the day and the uh, and the cycle or the swim later in the afternoon. Um, if it's a brick session, you'll see that it's it's specified as a brick. Um, but we don't really do too many brick sessions until later in the year once you get to the specialty phases because um, there's, there's a lot to be said for just performing the activities uh, fresh and not fatigued and getting more out of them that way than trying to put um, stress onto an already tired body. So there is a little bit of a method to the madness of that and, and that's where coaches differ. You know, a, a diff, different coach might look at it and think, well, you need to run off the bike after every session and, um, and that's the way they do it and the way I do it, I think that it's important to do the run when you're fresh and, and you're able to, to get the most out of that workout without risking injury. Um, so how much time to leave between the two? I would finish the session. I would have a um, electrolyte drink, carbohydrate, and uh, take in some carbs, have a little bit of protein, um, dedicate a couple of hours of work or recovery on the couch or whatever, and then go and do the do the other session once I feel my um, once I feel I recovered. If I stand up and I feel like I'm a little bit still a bit fatigued, then I'll just wait another couple of hours until that until that time is right. Um, uh, yeah, is there full gas monthly? So yes, yes, you can sign up to full gas and still access. Um, so, you, so when you sign up to full gas and you enter the foot traffic club code, you after thirty days, you so up to thirty days, you get full access to full gas, and you can look at all the courses. But after thirty days, you only get access to the foot traffic sessions um, and the and the group rides that I've created. Uh, and then after the once the training plan is finished, that that membership will will cease. Um, but you can sign up as a member and still get access to all the all the courses. Uh, and I think it's a pretty reasonable price. It's it's, it's a lot cheaper than Zwift. And um, yeah, for those of you that aren't really into playing a video game like you do with Zwift, it's actually it's actually a lot more rewarding actually riding your bike on a proper course. Um, and when you say tweak, I mean unique, unique to me. Yes, so I have some, I have some, uh, some, some ways that we can work together to tweak your training plan. Um, you can through the store, you can buy a, a training tweak, which is basically uh, for thirty bucks. You just uh, purchase that, send me an email, and say, hey, I've got this coming up over the next four weeks. Um, this, this, and this. I can't do these sessions. I've got this injury. Blah 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 blah. Can you please modify the plan for me? And I'll just go in and I'll do it for you. And it might take me 30 minutes to do, but um, it's much easier having it that way than trying to make trying to guess how how best to do it. So the more information you give me, the the more reliable that um, that modification to your training plan will be. And there's also a thing we call Coach Time in our store as well, which is where you can um, book a consultation with one of our coaches and talk about the training specific for you, race goals, um, all sorts of things around that. So that's basically what you want to talk about. We can we can do it there. Uh, it's a little bit different for those of you that are following, that have a coach writing a training plan for you. Um, this is just for people that are subscription members. You you have that that um, that aspect. Um, of the three disciplines, most strapped for time, which one would you favour? I would always favour the one I'd least want to do. <laughs> so <laughs> for me probably swimming <laughs> it's so easy just to go for a bike or a run but i look at swimming and think oh god i've got to go to the pool I've got to dive in i've got to swim lengths i've got to get through that whole 
water in the water in the mouth and all that sort of stuff get through that that fatigue of the first 200 300 meters of the swim then it's absolutely fine but yeah if you've got a weakness then i would dedicate your time to that one um space for strength training um yeah so so there is at this stage i'm, I'm a bit of a fan of in sport strength work so the the training that you'll be doing does require a fair amount of strength work anyway it's some big gear work on the bike, some hill work, some paddle work for the swim. And that's that's in-sport um, strength work, which is very, very specific. Um, if you did want to include some core work, I, I highly recommend that, um, or a, a, a gym session. And there is actually um, a number of PDFs that we have in our workouts section in the membership site, which um, have some core sessions and some some um some gym workout sessions there for you to follow um but because you'll already be doing quite a lot of strength work in this in sport i don't really think you need to do much more than one 30 minute session in in the week because what you risk doing is taking away the importance of getting some of these aerobic sessions done because in the end the the long steady low intensity sessions are the ones that are actually going to get to the finish line more than um then I guess you could say than uh, than than doing a gym workout. Uh, well, I'll say that they are great for injury prevention and overall strength. Um, there is a compromise that you don't get that uh, aerobic uh, aerobic workload, um, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, how much time do I put in for stretching? Well, if I was totally honest, I don't I don't stretch at all. I do not stretch at all. I if I had if I had an underlying tightness in a muscle. Like if I got off a bike session and I felt the hip flexors were really, really tight, I would do some hip flexor stretches, but I don't, I don't really look for more mobility because one thing we don't want to do is be hypermobile as athletes. We want, we want our muscles to be working in a tight range. We could go on for hours about this, but you want your muscles to be working in a tight range. And what you do at risk with stretching is you, you make that range wider and wider and you, um, and you effectively make that muscle activation less, um, positive so yep stretching is useful for um, specific muscles that you think are tight if a muscle doesn't feel like it's tight or fatigued I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend stretching it and but in terms of cool down I think it's really important to um, just continue doing some really low intensity light uh, if it's a run session doing a walk after if it's a swim session just doing a little bit of backstroke or um, or a bike ride just chucking it in an easy gear and spinning for another five or ten minutes just bringing that heart rate down rather than just doing a hard out session then jumping out and heading home. Um, okay, I think that is pretty much everything that we needed. I know we've still got another question coming through. Um, in terms of nutrition, do you include that in the plan notes? Um, no, but we do have a um, we do have a nutritionist on who's one of our coaching staff and she's really, really good for talking about um, performance nutrition and training, but um, we stress that she's not a dietitian, so it's not day-to-day -day eating. But um, but yeah, Anna Lorimer, who's one of our long-time coaches and I've coached for probably 13 years anyway, is, is very, very good with um, nutrition. So if it's something that you wanted to talk about, then she'll be the one that I'll put you towards um, and we can arrange a consultation with her. She's based in the Gold Coast, but um, Zoom works perfectly. Um, and... Yeah, should have fit a food basket to my, to my bike. Yeah, when you're training for an Ironman, there's a lot of there's a lot of food that goes in because you need to feel for the activity that you're doing and you need to feel for just your basic metabolic rate 
So if you weren't exercising, you need to fuel enough for that. But then when you're exercising, there's another however many thousand calories on top of that you need to you need to train to take that in as well. And it does take time to um, develop the the internals to to manage that um, that amount of fuel intake. Um, okay, best way to buy the plan. Um, if you go to oh, actually, what I might do is I'll add a link to. Let's see if I can do this while we're talking. Um, I'll send an email out tomorrow anyway with the YouTube um, link for this. But uh, 7.3 Ironman training plans. Oh. Do that. And I'll drop it on to the chat. Okay. Um, ah, that's a good question. How do you manage your ablutions? Um, you just have to manage it as it happens. I've, I think I'm lucky. I've never had an issue in every race I've had. I've never had to urgently use the facilities, but there are a lot of people that do, and it's just something that you need to find out what works for you, what doesn't, in terms of fuel intake, timing of the fuel, um, the intensity might also speed it up as well. So um, what you had for breakfast, what you had the night for dinner the night before, it's just a matter of finding out what works for you, what doesn't. But one thing I would say is that prior to a race or even a, a hard training session is reducing the amount of fiber intake and just going for um, a more conscious, simple carbohydrate fuel. Uh, that's something that will just go through your system really quickly, get absorbed into the bloodstream and then it fuels your muscles right, right away rather than sort of sticking around in your gut. So, um, yeah, very, very good question. Uh, yeah, you'll find out what works. <laughs> right. So, unless there's any other questions, or we'll, we'll stop it there. But um, thanks so much for jumping on, team. This was this was really, really good. Like I said, I'll send this, I'll download this into a YouTube link. We'll send it out. We'll put it send it out as a podcast. And um, I look forward to helping you guys on the way. Please, just if you've got any other questions, you can email me, Rob, at foottrafficcoaching.com or hit me up through our Facebook or Instagram. Um, and, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you uh, through the training and on race day. Excellent. Good luck. <laughs>